going to get started. Uh, my name is Robert Craig. I'm Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. So thank you very much for joining us today on this very important and historic day as the Supreme Court is hearing the King versus Burwell case, which could have tremendous implications to people in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to give a very brief overview of why we're here and what the situation is. I'm going to turn it over to Senator Kathleen Beinhout and Representative Melissa Sargent, who are offering legislation to prevent a, a knowable and predictable disaster in Wisconsin if there is not action. So in the cases of King versus Burwell, what is under at issue is subsidies for people on the federal marketplace where the state did not create its own marketplace. And so the case literally, if it was an adverse decision, would strip subsidies uh, from everyone in states that did not create their own federal marketplace. And that includes Wisconsin. So in Wisconsin, that means over 183,000 people who have subsidies right now on the federal marketplace. These are people who don't have access to health insurance uh, at work, um, who have pre-existing conditions, who are farmers, who don't have a large employer, uh, people who are early retirees, just a large number of people in our society who don't have access through a job to high-quality health care for themselves and their families. And the impact would be devastating. Uh, Literally, you'd have people, women with breast cancer and men with heart conditions, every pre-existing condition imaginable, the most vulnerable people, suddenly stripped of their health insurance, which is something that would be uh, an, an absolute atrocity here in Wisconsin. And the problem is, is that the uh, current government, Governor Walker and Secretary uh, Department of Health Service Secretary Kitty Rhodes, are taking no responsibility. In fact, Secretary Rhodes said yesterday to Joint Finance that it's not the state's problem; it's a federal program. Uh, well, what we're going to hear today is, is that the state can protect the people of Wisconsin from this and all of those people who depend upon uh, the, the new federal marketplace for their health insurance. And in fact, the uh, Urban Institute has concluded uh, that roughly 85% of people who receive subsidies will be priced out of coverage and will lose their coverage. So we're talking about the vast majority of those 183,000 people losing their coverage, uh, which is um, and there's no other better definition of what a public servant is supposed to do if you're in the legislature or governor than to look out for the interests of the public, especially when you have a knowable disaster that would harm so many people and risk their lives. Literally, people will die uh, if this happens and the state takes no action in Wisconsin. So with that brief overview, and we will be able to provide local-level data on this as well, our lead organizer, Kevin Kane, is on the call and has crunch numbers for each county in the state of Wisconsin. But before we get to any of that, I want to turn it over to the uh, legislators that are leading on this and are, have actually developed a contingency plan. Uh, so, Senator Weinhout, are you on the call? Yes, thank you, Robert. Uh, Today, sure. um, Representative Sargent and I will be circulating for co-sponsorship a bill that would create the Badger Health Benefit Authority, which is a Wisconsin-based marketplace. This bill is consistent with the guidelines of the National Association for Insurance Commissioners. It builds on Wisconsin's uniqueness. There's been a lot of work in Wisconsin to help streamline both health information, health quality, and cost containment. So this bill builds on the work of the Wisconsin Health Information Organization and the Wisconsin Collaborative on Healthcare Quality. There are strict provisions in, in creating this marketplace related to transparency, open meetings and open records laws, ethics laws, conflict of interest, accountability, disclosure of financial interests, so the people can see what's going on. Further, the 
still empowers the marketplace to take several different actions that can help drive down costs. And there has been research in the state that shows that our costs are rising. If the people in Wisconsin lose subsidies, those costs will rise dramatically and could put the entire system at risk as the people who can't afford and don't have subsidies drop their insurance and the people that are very sick stay in the insurance pool. Uh, thank you very much, Senator. And by the way, on average, we estimate that rates for people with subsidies will uh, go up over, uh, on average 350%, so an unaffordable amount. And that's not counting what happens later if it destabilizes the market and you have only people remaining who have, who have, a, who have very serious conditions. That, will, that, that could, be, could be even worse than the 350%. But let me turn it over to Representative Melissa Sargent, the Assembly lead on, on this really important piece of legislation. So, Representative Sargent, are you here? I am. Thank you very much. Um, I am honored to be introducing this piece of legislation with Senator Neinhout. Again, realizing that for years our healthcare system in this country has been unfair. And in fact, the Affordable Care Act has provided my friends, my family, and my neighbors across Wisconsin and across the United States the security of health insurance coverage. And it would be devastating and hurtful to 183,000 people in our state, again, our neighbors, if this um, were to happen. And that's the importance of this legislation. We know that we must protect our neighbors, our hardworking Wisconsin neighbors, by providing them the security of quality, accessible health care. It's a fundamental right, and depending on how the Supreme Court rules, we know that the Wisconsin citizens who were pushed off of the federal exchange by Governor Walker could lose this insurance that they currently have. And we have a moral obligation as the lawmakers of our state and as the neighbors and mothers and friends of these people provide them with health insurance coverage. We could be avoiding this conversation and this crisis altogether um, if we had accepted the um, health care dollars and created our Wisconsin-based exchange, and the time continues that we can do that. So I'd like to point that out. However, this bill that we're introducing today would set up the health care exchange that would be uniquely built for Wisconsin. We know in Wisconsin we like to do things our way. And I'm looking across our country and seeing that the states that have provided these exchanges have provided lower premiums and they have healthier workers. If, in fact, we are investing in our workers, as our governor continues to say, this is the right thing to do. So let's create this opportunity, make sure that the people of our state are not devastated by um, partisan politics, and we continue to provide them an efficient and effective um, health insurance coverage. And we need to know that it is our job um, to be ethical in our decisions. And regardless of our party affiliation, we all need to be caring about the health of our friends and neighbors and making sure that we continue to provide coverage for the 183,000 people in our state that have found coverage through our government programs. Thank you very much, uh, Representative Sargent, Representative Vinehout. And I 
agree entirely. This is what leadership is all about. We're, this is the same as if we knew a flood or a hurricane was coming. And to imagine that people would actually die for politics or for ideology is unimaginable. And I think we need to really, the legislature needs to put partisanship aside and prepare for what is a no disaster. Uh, we have those Supreme Court oral arguments today. We'll know the decision in June, so there is some time to get this done. Uh, but it really, it really needs to happen. Uh, before we open up for questions, let me have Kevin Kane, our lead organizer, just give some of the numbers for some of the larger counties, and then upon request, we can provide numbers for, for any other county. But uh, Kevin, why don't you give us a sampling of people with subsidies in, in, across Wisconsin? Sure. Thanks, Robert. Uh, so across the state, we were able to, to see how many people who've signed up, the, the 205,000 individuals who've signed up uh, at healthcare.gov. Uh, of those, about 183,197 have a, a tax credit that they've been able to uh, take advantage of. That that tax credit is on average $319 per person per month, which is, is very substantial. Um, so all I'm told that there's, again, uh, 183,000 individuals uh, across the state. Together, those tax credits equal over $700 million per year coming into Wisconsin in federal uh, dollars to go toward tax credits. Uh, we will have this for all 72 counties. The total number of people that are enrolled based on county enrollment numbers, the most uh, recently available public data on uh, total state enrollment as well as, as local enrollment. Um, but as far as, as some of the major counties, this translates into roughly uh, 30,400 in Milwaukee County are people who are going to lose tax credits. Uh, in Dane County, that comes out to be about 11,662, and for La Crosse County, just going by those who I know are on the phone, uh, we also have about 3,511. I'm happy to go over any of uh, these uh, numbers for any other county that people want to hear about. But we do, uh, we will also have all of these available in our, our press release that goes out afterwards or upon request. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you, of course, Heather Weinhaus. So we have one other speaker that's very important. We've talked about the impact of this uh, on individuals, but we have a, a directly impacted person from Appleton, Wisconsin, Connie Rathier, uh, to talk about what would happen uh, with her life if these subsidies were to be pulled and stripped by the Supreme Court and if the state uh, legislature and governor were to take no action. So, Connie, thank you very much for joining us. Sure, no problem. Yeah, my name is Connie Rather, and I do live in Appleton, and I work at a local nonprofit. So in 2010, I was downsized for my job. I sought private insurance, never thinking I'd have a problem. Uh, imagine my surprise when I was denied, not by one company, but by three, for an arthritic toe. I was taking no medicine, but admittedly did go to a chiropractor once or twice a year for my shoulder, which made me too big a risk for the insurance companies. Fortunately, I could be covered by HERSP, which at the time was the state plan for people with pre-existing conditions. It was a good plan, but I had to buy travel insurance whenever I left the state, so I was pretty thrilled with the ACA, Affordable Care Act, not only for myself, but especially for people all over the country in states with no HERSP plan, because they couldn't even buy insurance. So I could take Social Security, but I choose to hold off. Um, I enjoy working, but I work for a small nonprofit and um, I am lucky enough not to have to work totally full-time. So I get close to 400 a month in tax credits. With the credits, I still pay over 300 a month, but that's reasonable for health insurance. 
Without those tax credits, I would be paying over 700 a month, not for a Cadillac plan, but for a plan with a $2,500 deductible. That is not affordable. So if the Supreme Court rules with the challengers to the Affordable Care Act, I will be faced with over $8,400 a year in premiums plus my deductible. That's almost 11000 a year in health care costs. That's about a third of my income. And another 183,000 people like me will face similar circumstances. Many will have to give up their insurance because they absolutely cannot afford it. None of us can go back to Hearst because it was eliminated when the Affordable Care Act started. And the 183,000 people are just those living in Wisconsin. So, as I see it, the simple solution for our state is to set up its own exchange, just like our neighbors to the West. It seems to be working in Minnesota. Our legislators need to show that they all, like Senator Beinhout and Representative Sargent, care about us, their constituents. This is one way for them to do just that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Connie. Uh, really appreciate you telling your personal story. It's, it's a hard thing to do that uh, talk in public about when something is private as one's health coverage and health conditions. So with that, let me see if there are any questions from media on the call uh, for our Senator Reinhardt, Representative Sergeant uh, Connie, or, or, or Citizen Action. Sure, I have a question. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Whoever wants to go. Oh, go ahead. Uh, thanks. This is Shemaine um, from Wisconsin Public Radio. I know the previous administration had done some work in regards to possibly setting up a marketplace. Are are you building on that, or are you starting from scratch? Yes. This is Senator Reinhardt. The previous administration did do work. Much of what they did was to work with an actuarial to make some estimates on what the market was and how we would transition the small group market and the individual market into an exchange. I am building on that work. The piece that I'm sending out related to the uh, the bill that we're introducing today does quote one of the pieces that the uh, Doyle administration uh, pulled together when they were figuring out how to do this. Unfortunately, when um, Governor Walker took over, that work came to a screeching halt. So the people that are were involved in that work are, are no longer available. And we would have to build the website, which was in the development phase, from scratch. That said, there is an offer from the federal government to help use the work that the federal government has done now that it's actually working to build on healthcare.gov. So there are, I believe, seven states that use the the website of the federal government but have an exchange that's working in the background behind that website. And this is very important because there are activities that the state can take, for example, rate review of those uh, insurance companies that are raising their rates. We have the authority, but we haven't used it as a state. The Wisconsin Commissioner of Insurance has chosen to simply ask the insurance companies to post their rates, and then they can start using the higher rates. Instead, Minnesota takes the time to review the rates, ask questions, require documentation, and push back on the insurance companies when they're saying, we're going to raise the rates. This is an activity that could happen through the exchange with the work of the Office of the Commissioner of Insurance. It isn't being done now, but it's an example of something that could be used to drive down costs and 
Wisconsin to make it a little bit closer to our neighbor. Thank you. Hi, this Hi. is David Wahlberg at the State Journal. Um, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, how the state exchange would work, how this authority would work? Um, for example, do you have any indication from the insurance companies that are participating on the federal exchange whether they would participate? I assume it would take some time to get them to uh, apply and so forth. And then also, do you have any um, certainty or guarantee that these, the anticipated Supreme Court ruling would um, allow subsidies through this this exchange. To, to answer your first, your last question first, the the information that I have is clear that if we were a state-based exchange, the the four words that are under question in this lawsuit clearly allow the state-based exchanges to receive and those people that are getting insurance to receive the, the, the subsidies. So yes to the second question. If the first question is difficult to say because the insurance companies haven't made a commitment, I have worked with the insurance companies while I was drafting, drafting the bill. I've worked with some of the groups that work with the insurance companies themselves, but none of the insurance companies are ready to make a commitment until they see what emerges from the legislative process and they see what the potential pool looks like. Obviously, the potential pool, the bigger it is, the more attractive it is for the insurance companies. So we want to involve as many people as possible. And to do that, to attract insurance companies and to drive down rates, because the bigger the pool, the lower the rates, the, the less the risk. I am drafting, I've drafted the bill so that we will involve employees that are up to 100 employ, employers that are up to 100 employees and this is an option under the federal law, but it's not something that every exchange does. And uh, the question, questions that I've um, question and answers, frequently asked questions, explains this a little bit more that we'll release this afternoon when we circulate the bill. Quick follow-up question: Would you um, keep it at um, what? What would be the uh, federal poverty level ranges that for which people could participate? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. It's definitely something that I would like to change. If, if I was governor, it's not something I can change. And it's a separate bill to change the eligibility for Medicaid. So this bill would apply to everyone who is not eligible for for Medicaid, which is in Wisconsin right now, anyone over 100% of poverty, which is roughly $11,000 for an individual and $15,000 for a couple. Great, and then let me just, uh, Senator Weinhout is absolutely right. The whole the whole Supreme Court case is about whether or not federally set up exchanges or marketplaces get subsidies. But of course, it, it, it myths by the way it's argued that uh, that you are qualified if the state set up the, the marketplace. So that's the one thing that everyone agrees on in this case. That's that's very clear in the federal legislative yeah. language. But if I can just ask a quick question, is it clear about exchanges that aren't already set up as, as state exchanges? Or way under what they were just getting. At. I believe it is. It, it says if they are a state exchange, and we we have assurance that we can go forward to have that that state exchange. There's nothing in the federal law that says if you didn't start up at the beginning, you only got one shot at it. It's the state. 
the states around the nation have been working through these issues, and there is no deadline right now to set up a state exchange. There may be in a future law, but there isn't right now. Yeah, the case literally is that the IRS didn't have the authority for federally set up marketplaces or exchanges. And so we know we have an IRS now in the Obama administration that would certainly use any authorization the Supreme Court left it with. Uh, oh, is that a question? Or is someone just talking in the background? Okay, uh, other questions? Okay, well, thank you for the excellent questions. I want to especially thank Senator Weinhout. Representative Sargent and uh, Connie Rather from Appleton up just staying in the call, and we will be sending out a press release. And uh, Senator Weinhout and Representative Sargent will be sending, will be circulating the bill, and everyone will be available for further comment. So thank you very much, everyone. And I guess people are going to find out what the how the oral argument went as soon as that's available uh, at the Supreme Court. So thank you very much, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you, Dr. Craig.